0: Hello again, everybody. This is Rick with Let's Level Up, and we are going to be doing Mage Wars Mondays Episode 2. And this episode is all about the Necromancer. He's a master of death, decay, and just nightmares of little boys and little girls all throughout Etheria, and he's a heck of a lot of fun to play. Uh, with me, as always, are my partners in crime.
1: Hey everybody, uh, this is Scott Morris. I'm the Vice President of Business Development at Arcane Wonders, and uh, unlike Rick, I just think the Necromancer is slightly misunderstood.
2: <laughs> and I'm Aaron Brosman. I'm the Creative Director at Arcane Wonders. And uh, I firmly believe that the Necromancer is the world's greatest environmentalist. He <laughs> reuses, reuses and recycles. That's right. <laughs> That's right.
0: Everything like is that. food. <laughs> uh, we wanted to start this episode off just talking about the Necromancer's ability card and just the sheer amount of pain that he can bring people. Of course, the Necromancer is available in the Druid versus Necromancer expansion set to Mage Wars. Unfortunately, he's not in the core set. But if you're a fan of Mage Wars and you don't already have Druid versus Necro, go pick it up. Pick up 19 copies and give them to all your friends because he is <laughs> that worth it. Um, Aaron, you want to you want to talk a little bit about his training?
2: Sure. Um, his training is pretty straightforward. Uh, he's trained in dark, so very much like the Warlock, um, but instead of uh, instead of getting fire as a secondary thing. Um, he only has dark so he's completely focused in that aspect um, and then obviously because uh, the dark gods favor him so much the holy gods uh, do not so he has <laughs> to pay triple for them what if he was dual
0: trained in both dark and holy and he could just oh man
1: that would, Dude, that that would be a paladin who's a fallen
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh the anti-paladin there we go Alright, so one of the things I really like about the, the, the Necromancer getting into his abilities now is his primary ability, Plague Master. I say primary, it's the top one listed on the card. Uh, but Plague Master is really, really cool. It gives him immunity uh, to the poison uh, magic, or any really poison conditions that would happen to them, and um, allows him to uh, pay one mana to place one direct poison damage on an object, uh, which is really cool.
2: Well, they do have to have a Poison Condition on them. Sorry. So once he infects you, he can keep picking you off.
0: And one of the things, remember the immunity to Poison, because one of my favorite things to do with the Necromancer, uh, that is really going to come into play, uh, which is really awesome. Scott, what do you think about Plague Master?
1: Uh, I love Plague Master. Um, I think we'll we'll talk about it a little more uh, in a moment about some of the cards that he has access to. Um, He has a pretty wicked uh, conjuration that that works really well with Plague Master. Um, But, you know, the fact that that he basically affects you and then infects you, it's really, really a a really nice combination. Um, And because a lot of things uh, that he's going to have access to are going to be, you know, non-living creatures, um, the the poison you're not gonna see a lot of poison on him or anything. So between his immunity and the the things that are out there that are non-living, it's it's really cool stuff that he has access to just in that one ability. Uh, and then you know you just look down below it and you're like, whoa, Eternal Servant.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Eternal Servant's so awesome. It's uh like the previous episode we talked a little bit about the pet ability and the uh, blood uh excuse me the blood reaper ability. Um, Eternal Servant allows you to play uh, a little bit extra um, for the creature. It's going to be a non legendary, non epic, undead creature. Um, you can make it your Eternal Servant, and it gets the piercing plus one trait, but it has a really cool ability where it actually lets you reanimate it if it falls in combat. So you can just keep bringing it back, which is so awesome.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to, you don't pay anything for it. Um, there's, there's no, call, like, there's no, it's not like a pet with a, a Beastmaster where you have to pay, you oh, know, mana right, with right. the level. Eternal Servant is, you know, I can drop a zombie and he's my Eternal Servant, um, which is really, really good. Um, especially, again, with all the, the undead and, and non-living creatures that he has access to. Um, and especially how some of them are so inexpensively good. Um, you know, one of my favorites to to put uh, Eternal Servant on is Deathfang. Um, he's he's already got you know piercing plus one built into his attack. He's a, an eight mana creature. Uh, he's got nine health. He has fast. He has of course non living because he's a skeleton and undead. Um, but he's got psychic immunity and a three dice piercing one attack. And then you add the Eternal Servant on, it's a piercing two attack. Uh, and he just, he becomes a rabid, undead canine, which is really awesome, and, and then you bring him back for only a handful of mana if he dies.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's uh, I really like him with the, or that token, with Skeletal Archer as well. So unlike the other, um, the Skeletal Archer's arrows are a little more blunt than some of the other, uh, some of his living counterparts, so allowing him to have the piercing trait makes him as formidable as one of the uh, living archers, and I believe he still costs less.
2: Yeah, yeah. he's uh, 11, and uh, 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 Royal Archer's 12.
0: Uh, Aaron, do you have any extra things you want to add about Eternal Servant or uh, Plague Master?
2: Um, well, a big thing to keep in mind with Plague Master is that there are four poison conditions, and the Necromancer is immune to all of them. Like, you can't rot him, you can't taint him, you can't cripple him, and you can't weak him. Um, and that's pretty sweet um, the other thing to keep in mind is that he does he does poison damage with uh, plague master so obviously if they have stuff with poison immunity he can't get a condition on them and he can't end up doing damage to them so it loses a lot of uh, um, brutality in matches against you know living people I mean unliving people um, the eternal servant the eternal servant I, I love because if you want to use it just for its piercing plus one, you can throw it out willy nilly, um, because you only have to pay for it when you want to bring the creature back. <laughs> um, honestly, my favorite, uh, my favorite eternal servant is plague zombie, because when they kill it, it pops and it gives everyone in the zone a rot, and then you can eternal servant and bring it back, uh, and then they have to deal with it again so for like five mana. <laughs> He explodes. Um. So I'm I'm a fan of that.
0: <laughs> uh, that's a great idea. It really is awesome. I'm about to steal that one, Aaron.
1: That's why you employed him. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just to take his ideas. Um. All right. Well, let's talk. We've, we've we've beaten around the bush a little bit, but let's let's go ahead and, and, and talk a bit about uh, what you call it earlier, Scott.
1: The the alternate the the altar of skulls yeah yeah that's uh it's it's by far one of the more fun cards that the necromancer has access to it's it's a necromancer only so it's it's him and him alone um it's got a, a ridiculously awesome amount of health it's got 16 health for 9 mana uh this is a conjuration um and basically what it does is when corporal creatures are destroyed you get to put a skull token on the altar Um, but then in addition to that, you can use a friendly cleric uh, that's in the same zone as the altar to take an action and put a skull token on the altar as well, and it's basically like a time bomb, so once you get eight uh, skull tokens on the altar of skulls, it itself gains a life bond plus two, Every living creature in the arena gains finite life, and during the upkeep phase, each living creature receives two direct poison damage. Now, while the Necromancer has access to, you know, undead, unliving creatures, that's awesome because none of them are going to get affected by Altar Skulls. The Necromancer himself is living, because he's human, however, if you remember, he has the Plague Master abil- ability, which gives him immunity to poison. So he doesn't take the two direct poison damage. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing just on its own. Um, it's something that I see, at least when I play and, and when I see other people play, um, becomes a strategy of, of walling that up in the corner. Um, And then having a mage wand with um, Reconstruct on it, Mm -hmm. uh, which basically is like healing skeletal objects. Uh, You're Excuse me, I said Reconstruct. Reconstruct is what the card does. Um, But Reassemble is basically a a four-mana cost quick action uh, incantation, and you roll six dice to heal a skeletal object, uh, which is what the Altar of Skulls is. It's a skeletal (sighs) object. Um, so it's it's pretty uh, amazing in terms of what the capabilities are between life bonding, uh, reassembling, and, and just kind of wash rinse repeat on that alone. Um, meanwhile, uh, the priestess you know goes and huddles in a corner because everything's got finite life and half her spellbook uh, becomes obsolete.
0: <laughs> and uh, well, act of the Bog queen are really there as well. Oh, sorry, Aaron, go ahead.
2: Huh. Another interesting thing to keep in mind is that life bond still works while finite life is up. So yes. like for instance a druid could still transfer damage to a tree, obviously your tree's not gonna regen. But the necromancer, once the altar goes online, the necromancer is bonded to it. So as he takes damage from other sources, even though he can't heal it, he can give it to the altar, and then you can reconstruct the altar. <laughs>
1: A nice combination. Or if they decide
2: to go after the altar, the necro can take the damage on himself. Probably a riskier thing to do, but whatever keeps uh, whatever keeps it up and running.
0: Yep. Yeah, and the, the dark clerics, the acolytes of the bog queen, are so cheap. They're five, and you can use them to just use a uh, was it a quick action or it a full round action to pray at the altar.
1: Uh, it's it's a full action to to drop a skeleton token on there, but yeah. then even them they have a uh, built-in reconstruct on them they do, they, they've yeah. got a repair of bones uh, so even even though you may bring them out and just use them to do nothing but but get the uh, tokens onto the altar skulls they've got a great secondary <laughs> capability um, and and then you go you know a whole step further and and you wall them up in there in the corner and you put wall of bones around them and you <laughs> you got to get through that before you get to the altar and, and again the wall of bones are a skeletal object so you can reconstruct those over and over again so it's uh, it's it's a pretty formidable strategy um, and, and very fun but uh, like uh, most of our mages and and I'm sure Aaron has multitude of ideas on this like most of our mages that there's not just one trick pony there there's yeah. there is a quite a bit to the necromancer
2: oh definitely um, the one thing I would say about the altar though is just to to be clear, you can only pray to it once per round. Correct. Um, so you can only get one token that way. But if like three things of your opponents die, then it's going to get three skulls from that. So it's not limited on the things that die. It is limited on how many times you can pray to it around. So correct. Yeah, you can't only... have like 20 clerics around it praying every every turn.
0: <laughs> that's a good that's a good point. Uh, what are some of the other things other than the altar of skulls, which is just so Obviously, awesome, uh, Aaron. What are some other things you really like from this uh, conjuration wise?
2: Conjuration wise, um, oddly enough, one of my favorite things for the necro is from the first set, the Idol of Poison, uh, Idol of Pestilence, um, and it's basically a low grade version of Ultra of Skulls. It's um, living things in the arena take one poison damage during the upkeep, um, but it doesn't require any setup. You just throw it out and it immediately starts ticking. Um, So I'm a big fan of that. Um, And then he also has access to the Sacrificial Altar, which is also from the first set, Mm -hmm. which that leads into really crazy combos with the aforementioned Eternal Servant. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have the mana for it, you can have your uh, Plague Zombie, you can eat it with the altar to give something plus two piercing, plus two uh, melee, give everything in the zone that it it, that it was just destroyed in poison and then reanimate it so you can kind of keep chewing things through the sacrificial altar it's pretty crazy um that's something awesome um i'm always a fan of the graveyard um i know that a lot for a lot of people the libero is the preferred spawn point for him um but i i really like the graveyard mostly because it's really tough to take down um, as far as spawn points go uh, it does have a lot of life and uh, a fair amount of immunities so uh, it's it's pretty solid and then I've also seen people work uh, that whole sacrificial, uh, sacrificial altar with the graveyard because when you kill a creature if that's the first um, if that's the first time that a creature is destroyed you can place mana equal to its level on the graveyard so you could eat the plague zombie put two mana back on the graveyard you know and help build that up so i mean there's there's all sorts of interesting stuff there
0: yeah lots of really awesome combinations with this
1: mage
2: and yeah, we haven't even gotten out of the conjurations yet
0: <laughs> yeah. um is, scott do you have anything else um conjuration wise that you like with the necromancer
1: um, I just because it kind of fits thematically, poison gas cloud is awesome. <laughs> it's uh, it's a little expensive, um, because it's uh, a level two uh, air spell, um, but for eight mana to be able to kind of drop that in and, and keep adding to the uh, the poison damage, it's uh, it's a nice little fun trick to throw out there. Um, so it's it's a it's a great thematic and, and great little addition.
0: Yeah, the only other one I can add on to that, to our list, is the uh, Ziggurat of Undeath. That's a it's a, it's a fun one. Um, it allows you to... Ziggy. Yeah, <laughs> Ziggy. Um, it looks awesome, and it allows you to uh, essentially reanimate those creatures. So, um, kind of like your Eternal Servant, what's great about the Necromancer is that the creatures, the undead, just they just don't go away. You can't kill what does not live, right? Um, is a little Game of Thrones for everybody? Um, <laughs> so it's like just one of those things you, know, you just keep on bringing things out and um if you can get the channeling boost and you can keep on pumping those up you can just have your troops out there forever um what about so yep. we, we we talked a bit about the conjurations. what about the actual uh equipment for the uh, uh for the necromancer what do you guys think
2: Didn't... The Necro is pretty blessed in the fact that he's the only person who has a spawn point that's a piece of equipment, and that's his Libro. Um, And then he also has, like, almost every mage has a discount ring that that works for some particular aspect. Um, The Necros is amazing in the fact that uh, it costs a little more, but it does two things that uh, other rings do not yet. And this is um, the Death Ring. That's, yeah, the Death Ring. Um, it reduces the cost of things that come out of his spawn points. Like, you can use it on things that he spawns. Um, and then you, it also gets to be used twice a turn instead of once. Um, now, it costs five mana instead of two or three on the traditional rings. But it's it's well worth it.
0: That's awesome. And the uh, the Libro of uh, us is what we've been talking about. It actually is the spawn point that lets you to summon one undead creature into your zone. And if it's destroyed, you may lose three life to return it to your spellbook rather than the discard pile. So it's another one of those that just keeps coming. I mean, it's just such a... He's such a formidable opponent that... Um, it's one of those ones when you, you reach across the table and you see someone pull out the Libro and that's their spell book. You're just kind of like, oh, crap, this is, this is going to be a
1: fight. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think the Libro is like an automatic almost. Um, I think the Death Ring is easily automatic. Um, the, the Death Ring is so good. It's so cheap and it, it gives you you know one less mana... Um, not just when he, but when he or the spawn point, you know, is going to cast or reveal a necro or undead spell. And there's quite a lot in there. Um, but even more than that, um, having access to demonhide armor is really cool. You know, he's he's a dark mage. He's he's schooled in dark magic, so he's got that ability to get that beast of an armor piece on. And uh, it's from the core set, but you know it gives him the two two armor, and it gives him a damage barrier. Uh, and the damage barrier seems kind of maybe not as good at first sight, because you look at it and you're like, oh, I only get to ro- roll one die for a, a damage barrier. Um, but then you realize that it's ethereal, uh, so it's going to hit incorporeal creatures pretty hard. Uh, it's got unavoidable, and it's always critical damage. So it's pretty darn good. (laughs) So, and again, being very cheap. Now, you're not going to, you know, maybe you are, but, you know, normally people may not, you know, uh, go all out and make a, a melee warlock. Uh, but if you, if you need to, I mean, a melee necromancer, but if you need to have something available to him to, to beef him up and, and, you know, avoid some rush attacks, maybe from a beastmaster um, or, you know, maybe, maybe some other melee creatures that are getting in range, uh, that, that's a great piece of equipment to, to throw on him.
2: Well, another thing to keep in mind is, uh, he's one of the, he's one of two mages that has access to the, the cloak of shadows. Um, and when you want to sit in the backfield and summon creatures, uh, being obscured is really good. <laughs> Definitely.
0: Uh, how do you guys feel about Sectaris, the Dark Rune sword that uh, the familiar?
1: I I feel that it is a Brutal combination (laughs) Um, Sectaris, If uh, if anyone's unfamiliar with it uh, Is a familiar Piece of equipment Um, It's a uh, a Familiar so it's going to be able to to Channel mana um, and cast Uh, However it's very unique So because it's a sword It's got a built in attack Uh, It's got a quick melee four dice attack That has piercing plus one Because it has this awesome like dual-bladed tip on it, and it's just really cool. Um, but it, because it's a non-creature familiar, it's it's specific to this Dark Mage here. Um, when the Mage attacks and damages a creature with Sictaris, and I think it's key to remember that you have to damage somebody with Sictaris. If you roll four blanks, you're hosed. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if you hit them and you damage them, then you can immediately cast the spell... Uh, that the uh, sectaris is going to have. Uh, and it, it, it's used to basically cast curse enchantments. Uh, that's the only thing it has access to. Um, but when you you look at the multitude of curses that are in the game and, and the flexibility of basically you know running up, hitting someone in the head and dropping a curse on them, you know, there's, there's just so many different things between damage over time, between debuffs, and, and, you know, pretty much no curse is good if you're the one getting cursed. Right. So there there's a lot of great options with Sectaris. Now the risk, of course, is to do that you have to be within melee range, so it might be a good idea to have that Demonhide armor on if you're going to equip Sectaris as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I like the idea. I haven't tried it yet, but I like the idea of a melee necro. I don't know... I don't know how, how formidable it'll be in the long run, but it sound, it just sounds like a lot of fun. You hit them with Sectaris, you put right you, you—you curse them with Rise Again, and then not only did you kill them, but you take their creature from them as well for free, basically. Which is—it just sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, they, um, it's, it's doable. I mean, it's, it, that's the beauty of Mage Wars is how you play Necro is different to how I play Necro, is different to how Aaron plays Necro, and, and all of them have viable options. Um, that, to me, that's one of the things that I love about our game is, is you have that ability to come to the table with a specific strategy that you've created, and then you, you get to enact that strategy on, on the playing field, and it's up to you to react to your opponents. Um I actually think right now one of the more interesting matches to, to watch is a Necro versus a Necro. It's, it's a very game of cat and mouse, but it's, it's a really fun game to watch.
0: Yeah, I bet. That's awesome. Uh, Aaron, do you have any other equipment that you'd like to bring to the table here?
2: Other equipment? Um, I will say that, I mean, it's useful for everyone, but a Mage Wand is really great with a Necro. He has yeah. a lot of really powerful incantations, whether it's Reassemble, uh, Zombie Frenzy, um, even Force Push, uh, Force Push, I mean, uh, well, definitely Force Push, but uh, Force Wave is really good with him, and I can talk about that more later, but he has a lot of really powerful incantations to kind of help keep his, his undead rolling smoothly, um, and so uh, a Mage Wand is really valuable for him.
1: Uh, the name escapes me, and I'm, I'm going to get popped for it in the head for this, but the incantation that costs nine that gives all zombies fast um, and piercing. What's what's the name of that one, Aaron, again?
2: That's Zombie Frenzy. It's, it's Zombie they, Frenzy. They lose lumbering, gain yes. fat, and gain extra bloodthirsty.
1: Holy moly, and it's only like nine mana, and I, I've just played against this last night. Um, uh, somebody had a Necromancer spellbook that had the Mage Wand and Zombie Frenzy on it, and he had a graveyard out, which kept casting zombies, and he had our holy servant on it, and you know kept re- re- bringing them back, our eternal servant on it, and kept bringing him back. And it was, it was literally, I, I felt like I was in the middle of Michael Jackson's Thriller. It was just like <laughs> these guys were just coming after me, yeah. and I couldn't, I could not get away from it. Uh, and it was great. It was it was a really really good combination. And of course, you know, you dissolve the wand, and then uh, you know he goes and brings another one out. So it's it's uh, it's a really really good piece of equipment, depending on all uh, the incantations. I, I agree.
0: Do the in your opinion, do you guys think there's any really standout creatures that are great with the necromancer, um, other than some of the zombies we've already talked about?
2: Um. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. There's, there's there's a bunch, but the, the necro is really blessed with a wide breadth of creatures. Like, um, I know when we were when I was looking at the set finally after we had it all laid out, um, the sheer number of creatures that the necro got in it is is pretty impressive. Um, apart from the zombies we've already talked about, um, it's always worth mentioning the uh, zombie brute zombie brute uh he's costs 11 um and resilient on a big creature like him is such a good ability resilient makes it so that only criticals hurt them um so when you have a large zombie like that um it becomes really brutal i mean he has a four die melee attack, and then he has Bloodthirsty 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also one of the very few zombies that's not a, a pest. So, um, if, you know, if he's not in a zone with a damaged living creature, he can actually guard. Um, but he just, he hits really hard, and he's really tough to take down. Um, so I'm a huge fan of him. Um, on the flip side, the Skeletal Knight is amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, a a a good defense, one armor, high health, um, you know, and a five-die melee attack. Uh, all four, you know, approximately the same as the the uh, Knight of Westlock. So he's he's really amazing. Um, now, the Necromancer also is really blessed with uh, amazing legendary creatures. Um, like, Mort is fantastic.
1: Yeah. More was who I was gonna talk about. He was amazing.
2: <laughs> well, I will let you I'll let you talk more about him, but he's incredible. Um and then Shogoth Zora um is a zombie, you know, mulching machine. Um if they don't take him down quickly, he gets out of hand really fast. Really fast. Um he's able to uh devour a zombie when he takes his act uh when he takes his action he can devour a zombie and he gets a growth counter so he goes from being you know oh i have a 4 die attack and 6 health to oh i have a 5 die attack and 9 health and oh i have a 6 die attack and 12 health you know and he he still has um you know bloodthirsty on top of that and then he has resilient so he's just um he's really tough really tough to deal with um but the, I guess the last creature that I, I really like is the, the Skeletal Sentry. Um, he's completely no frills, um, but he's really cheap for 11 life and a 4-die melee attack on a skeleton. So he's just... he's really solid.
0: Yeah, just uh, yeah, one they're... point on Shagath there really quick is that um, that combined with the uh, Necromancer's ability of the Eternal Servant, um, you just keep bringing those zombies back. He's eating them, and they just keep popping right back, which is awesome. Well, when he
2: when he devours them, they get obliterated, so they get removed from the game.
0: Oh, uh, well, I won a game that I shouldn't have probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's a good thing there's a podcast you can listen
2: to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, I have seen someone here for
0: comic relief.
2: <laughs> I saw someone following around their Shagoth And every turn, their liberal would go. Here's a zombie crawler, and Shoggoth would go, tasty, you know. And they just keep moving with him. It was pretty tasty. Tastes like chicken. Tastes like chicken.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, for me, hands down, Mort is like the king of the hill. Um, Yeah, I kind of feel there's there's two basic strategies to go with the necromancer, and it's, it's either zombies or skeletons. It's it's very hard to mix the two together. Um, and make them effective, um, it's, it's doable, it's possible. Um, but Mort, uh, especially with the first strategy we talked about, with the, uh, the Altar of Skulls and the Walls of Bone, Mort is amazing. He's a, a level four creature who's a beast for mana, he's 16 mana, um, but he's going to give you one armor and 13 health as, as kind of this undead skeleton general on the field. Um, and he he's non-living of course because he's a skeleton. He's got psychic immunity because he's a skeleton. He is legendary He's got a great built-in attack. He's got a four dice attack and on an eight plus on the effect die He's going to taint someone uh, Which is phenomenal you you get three damage basically on them from the taint and it's a condition marker on them um, But the, the bigger thing is his built-in reconstruct and and there's a there's a really key keyword into this Um, So he says each upkeep phase, each friendly skeleton object in or bordering mort's zone may reconstruct up to two damage. So it counts for the skeletons on the field, and it counts for the objects. So back to the altar of bones and the wall of bone, or altar of skulls and wall of bones. It's, a, it's almost nearly unstoppable when you combine those things together with a, a necromancer with a mage wand and reassemble on there. It's it's You're just kind of beating your head against this wall of bone and, and while you do there's this giant skeleton with a flaming sword coming after you and he's <laughs> he's really really good. Um, so he's he's probably king of the hill for me. The skeletal knight is another one Aaron, Aaron mentioned him. He is pound for pound, mana cost for what you get just a great creature. Um, You know, having the built-in defense is huge, but just being able to naturally roll five dice for 13 mana is really, really great. Um, He's just extremely versatile, very good at at helping save them. And we talked a little bit about him earlier um, but the Plague Zombie. The, The Plague Zombie seems to me like just that automatic... He, he fits in so well uh with the rock condition and the poison condition marker and just blowing people up it, it's really really well designed to go with the necromancer
0: that's just awesome do we we're, we're just about there on time but are there any other necromancer specific strategies that we haven't already hit on that you guys like to uh shed some light on, or some darkness on rather <laughs>
2: I, I would say that one of the biggest things with the necro is if you go if you go zombies or you go skeletons um, don't be afraid to look at the high points of the other one to splash a couple things in um, I know people yeah. who play skeletons and they um, they'll grab a plague zombie and like a un, uh, a single unstable zombie and they'll have those in their spellbook to use the eternal servant with or to do stuff like that with Um, One of the big things you'll find running skeletons is that it's tough to get poison conditions on people because your creatures aren't doing it for you, with the exception of Mort. Um, That's one of the other reasons he's so great. Um, So you want to have ways of getting poison conditions on people uh, to use your Plague Master. So that's also where uh, Drain Soul can come in. It's really expensive, but it guarantees two taints, and those are poison conditions you'll be able to use. Um, And then... Uh, the last big thing on the, the skeletons is fortified position is incredible. Um, it's it's one of the few ways that you can actually give them armor. And once you have creatures like that with the various immunities that non-living gives them and the boatloads of health that being a skeleton gives them, and then you give them the whole zone of them, two extra armor, um, they end up being quite a bit more durable. Um, more running around with three armor is nothing to sneeze at either. So, just things to keep in mind.
1: He's nothing to cough at either. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go near him with that. <laughs> just keep your distance. Uh,
2: that's, that's yeah. Distance.
1: No, no matter what, keep your distance. Exactly. Um, yeah, those are great. I I, um, I I like bigger, big like casting cost spells. Uh, Drain soul is one of my favorites to put in there. Um, it's a 16 mana cost, uh, dark mage only, so he's got access to it, um, but you get to place two tainted condition markers on a target creature, and then you gain life plus six, uh, which is pretty, pretty darn hefty, um, and, and pretty, pretty rotten if you're on the other end of it, mm-hmm. um... Ghoul Rot is one that always comes to mind and is flexible and great for for dark mages. Um, you know they they get the ability to put two direct damage onto uh, a creature that's affected by Ghoul Rot, and again it's a it's a curse, so you know you can you can do some good combinations with that. Um, and uh, Ravenous Ghoul is also really cool uh, from a creature perspective. We didn't really talk about him before. Um, Ravenous Ghoul is a uh, let's see, he's, he's 13 mana he is a 2 armor and a 9 health, he's got 4 attack, uh, quick attack melee, piercing 1 um, but he's going to be able to uh, bring growth markers into the mix um, You know, if a, if a corporal creature gets destroyed uh, and the Ghoul is in or moves to the zone that it was destroyed in, um, he can take a quick action um, and, and basically take that creature from its discard pile, obliterate it, and remove it from the game, and then gain a growth marker. Um, so he basically is going to come in and you know feast on the dead, and uh, he he can he can get out of hand really really quickly if if unchecked. So he's he's a really good option as well.
0: Well, awesome. That's gonna do it for um, this particular episode. I'd like to ask uh, Aaron and Scott both to just, uh, if they have anything they'd like to address with us at this time, speak now, or may the necromancer kill you while you sleep. <laughs>
1: I hope he doesn't uh, what's what's the old line uh, should I die before I wake so do I accept my fate or something yeah. like that um, so uh, no I you know just uh, again you know thank you this is uh, one of the more fun times of our, our week as we get to sit down and talk about Mage Wars and you know uh, this is our second episode so as much feedback as we can get uh, the better uh, let us know what you like what you don't like what you want to hear more
2: of uh, and play more Mage Wars uh, I guess the only thing I, I'd say is uh, you know uh, I don't mind talking about great games and I know I said this to Rick before but uh, it's always fun to be able to talk about talk about good games um, and with that said if any of you run into me on say our forums uh, and I would be happy to talk about the Necromancer or you know something slightly more lighthearted. <laughs> definitely
0: I know I'm going to have to take a nice long bath after this or something uh, just, to, just to get the evil off so um, guys we definitely appreciate you listening we really hope you're finding this both uh, entertaining and also uh, educational to a certain extent and we really hope that it's uh, letting your Mage Wars game uh, be that much more enjoyable so uh, tune in in the next couple of weeks we will be talking about the Beastmasters pets and kind of our top three favorites out of those which should be really fun so until next time game on We'll be